And this morning, I have the wonderful privilege of introducing a guest speaker to, to all of you. His name is Neil Williams, and Neil was just completing his Science of Mind ministerial studies when he first joined the charitable sector as a fundraiser in the mid-90s and realized that this was his ministry helping Albertans achieve deep personal satisfaction by fulfilling their philanthropic goals and, in the process, supporting work that is vital to our communities and to ourselves. He has been on the board of the Calgary Spiritual Centre, a spiritual living several times over the years, and has served as CSL's laity council and is a passionate student of our teaching. Neil is an experienced and innovative planned and major gifts officer. He is considered a leader and mentor in the Calgary's fundraising community, having chaired the local chapter of the Canadian Association of Gift Planners and is a frequent presenter at fundraising conferences and workshops across Canada. Neil's passion is his focus on value-driven fundraising and helping charitable organizations experience transformation by putting the donor first. There is no greater honor in life, says Neil, than helping a donor express their deepest values through giving in a way that is most meaningful to them. Please help me welcome to our platform, Neil Williams, who is speaking on the power of transformational giving. Well, thank you, Marie. And good morning, everyone. Please join me in consciousness as well uh, as we set the intention for this morning. So as we go within, we know that I am indeed the place where life expresses in ever more dynamic and ever more fulfilling ways. For spirit is alive in me. The loving presence and the eternal power that is the divine one is alive in every aspect of who I am and how I express that into life. And so this morning I begin in that amazing, deep and profound peace. That peace that allows me to put aside all worries and concerns of the day and consider the fact that I am indeed in this moment an expression of a universal loving presence, an infinite wisdom, a great joy, an overwhelming awareness of all that is. And so this morning I bring my awareness to this deep place within me where spirit dwells. Knowing that the loving presence of the divine one infuses every aspect of my being, enriches every thought and energizes every cell, every system within my body. That love brings to me joy, peace, health, restoration. I am revived. I am restored through the loving presence of the divine within. And so this morning, I also allow this love to express fully out into my life. 
And I know that as I allow this love to go before me, I step into nothing but loving experiences. All of my relationships, personal and professional, are infused with the divine love that I am. And I allow this also to infuse every aspect of my creative self-expression, bringing to me the richness of the universe, the abundance of all that is, the love and peace and joy of knowing that I am one. And so this morning I open to a new idea of who I am as this life expressed. And I allow myself to be a joyful, delightful, dynamic experience of this beauty and this joy and this love. I now let this be the truth that drops into that mind that makes it so. And together we declare, and so it is. Need a drink of water already. Well, greetings from Calgary and my center in Calgary, Dr. Pat Campbell. It's a, a real pleasure for me to be here. And I would like to applaud all of you for your braveness of coming to listen to a fundraiser. <laughs> that takes a special kind of bravery. Uh, what's interesting to me is that this conversation about charitable giving to me is one of the most powerful, most transformational conversations that we could ever have. Uh, It certainly is unique to have a fundraiser speaking from this stage where you're blessed with true spiritual wisdom and enlightenment. And as true as that is, we also have a very profound and unique experience this morning to consider an important aspect of our own spiritual evolution and how we express that into our world and how to create a world that works for everyone. So today is an opportunity to discuss aspects of our being that may be vitally important to you but are not part of the common conversation. You see, I'm inviting you into a conversation uh, about practical expressions of our eternal nature with a focus on charitable bequests in our wills and our estate plans. Or to put it more clearly, you can't take it with you. So what, what are our options? As many of you know, your center is talking with the Edmonton Community Foundation about establishing an endowment fund to hold any gifts that uh, you as members may consider giving, either during your lifetime or as part of your estate plans. In this, your center is providing some real leadership within CSL across Canada. As was mentioned, my work since the mid-90s has been talking to donors about exactly these kinds of gifts. And so I offered to drive up today to have this conversation with you. Now, for those of you who are new here, uh, or this isn't your spiritual home, please consider this conversation this morning in terms of those charities that are close to your hearts. And hopefully you will then get full value out of these thoughts as well. My goal for today is to help you understand charitable giving a little better. Uh, to help you be a more sophisticated donor so that you can make more informed choices when the time comes. 
In fundraising, we talk about stop and think gifts. So the idea is when we give 10 or $20 at the door, for example, it's often done without much thought. It's because our neighbor asked us or, or just because it's the right thing to do. But when we consider giving an amount that forces us to stop and think and perhaps have a conversation with our partner, uh, an incredible opportunity opens up, an opportunity to test our intentions against our personal mission and vision and to ensure that our choices and our actions are in alignment with that. So today I trust you'll have an opportunity to consider your giving from a slightly different point of view. I get asked uh, questions an awful lot about, oh, fundraising, isn't that hard? You know, how can you ask for money? And how did you get into that anyway? Well, how I got into it was, it's a, that's an easy answer. Uh, it was about, uh, well, I'd left a 22-year newspaper career. I was at home doing some marketing newsletters for small businesses. And my wife came home one day from the small charity where she works to say that they had told her they only had enough income for her for about three months, and that was it. And I figured, well, they need, they need a fundraiser, and fundraising's just targeted marketing. I can do that. And so I went and helped them, and in so doing, protected her income and her career, and started a, a new career for myself. And that was more than 20 years ago now. And as a result of the time that I've spent in the charitable sector, I've become quite experienced in all aspects of working with philanthropic individuals and companies. I focused on what has been called planned giving or legacy giving, which really is simply outlining the mutual benefits of including charitable gifts in wills and estate plans. So at that very practical level, it's been a great career and very rewarding. But at a deeper level, it's also been enriching beyond my imagining. Uh, I was just completing ministerial studies, as you heard, when I took my first charity position. And as I settled in, I realized that this was my ministry. I was helping donors achieve deep personal satisfaction by fulfilling their philanthropic goals and in the process supporting work both vital to our communities and important to me, and in so doing, visibly improving the lives of people of all ages who are struggling as a result of financial, educational, uh, physical, emotional, social barriers. So immensely satisfying work. And what's interesting is that in this, I never felt like I was asking for money. What I felt that is I was talking to people about their passions and helping them express that. I was helping them find their reason for being and, and expressing that into a life that, that was so vibrant for them. In the process, I developed a number of workshops for young fundraisers to help them develop their own donor-centered and values-driven practices. And of course, that training was one of my passions. And now I've come full circle. I've wanted for about two years now to bring what I have learned in the charitable sector back to my spiritual home in, in Science of Mind. And today's a real milestone on that journey. So you see, working with donors has opened my eyes to uh, some of the workings of spirit in magnificent ways. 
Some donors are very, very wealthy. Others, not at all. Uh, but they share one thing in common, and, and that is a deep desire to be of service, and to engage, to give where they see the greatest need. These are compassionate, generous, joyful people who celebrate life by engaging in it, by participating in the divine flow of creation and doing the work that they deeply believe is theirs to do. So as you can see that no matter their philosophy, their denomination, their background, these people are practicing metaphysicians. They're practitioners of the highest order, not only living a life of faith, but acting from it. And in the process, they are fulfilling their own version of CSL's vision of a world that works for everyone. Pretty exciting. So why do they give? Again, the question could be answered on many levels. We've touched on one of those reasons, and it's because it fulfills that deep innate part with, within themselves that seems to be fundamental to the human condition. We help and support each other. That's how humanity is defined, and certainly why communities were created. It seems like we are hardwired to be of service. There's something about giving that gives back full value. There's that wonderful reciprocity. It creates in us a wonderful feeling of connection and of satisfaction, of inspiration. So our giving is a powerful demonstration of what is important to us. It's a manifestation of our passions for life and a vitally important extension of our life's purpose. We hear so often that we're not measured by what we gain, but by what we give. And we read in the paper of these magnificent stories of wealthy people who are honored for exactly that, uh, for their philanthropy, which simply defined is the love of humanity. But philanthropy is not reserved for the wealthy. Some of the most amazing heartfelt gifts I have ever seen are by people who are poor or sick or disadvantaged. And as a result of that, they've had a personal experience of the life-giving love that comes from a gift, first as a recipient and then, of course, as a donor. So our conscious participation in our giving lifts our spirits, feeds our souls, and if the studies I've been reading are correct, they actually make us healthier and happier people. The benefits are both transformational and tangible. Our teachings founder, Ernest Holmes, speaks rarely of giving in and of itself. Instead, he speaks of it in terms of our abundance as a key element in the law of reciprocity, whereby our giving is returned to us manyfold. In his book, A Holmes Reader, uh, on practical wisdom, he includes a prosperity affirmation titled, Divine Abundance is Forever Manifesting in My Affairs. Dr. Holmes says, as I give thanks for the good now flowing into my life, I gladly share this good with others. The more I give, the more I receive. I experience a deeper consciousness of peace and security for I know that I am in the embrace of a warm, loving presence, forever seeking an outlet through me. My cup runneth over, 
I exist in limitless possibility. I love Dr. Holmes' writing. It's so poetic. Uh, as the great teacher Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Pretty exciting. So as we consciously and intentionally give, we find ourselves in that flow of abundance. That may not be our motivation, but it's certainly a promise that it will be our experience. There's also a more practical answer to the question of why people give, and that is they give because they've been introduced to a cause that's important to them. Uh, they've been shown how to give, and perhaps most importantly of all, they've been asked. So with your permission, I'd like to go through two of those steps this morning. That is, let's discuss science of mind and specifically your center as a charitable cause worthy of your support. And then allow me to make a request that you consider new ways of giving. As for the how to give, the workshop this afternoon focuses on strategic charitable giving, and I know you'll find that very informational. But it is just that, it's just information. And this morning my purpose is perhaps to be a, a bit more inspirational, to speak to the deeper aspects of our giving and our nature. Several years ago, my friend Abe was on the tennis court. He's living his bliss. Abe had been a very successful realtor and property manager and was now retired. He was involved in our center in Calgary, leading social events, even serving as board chair. He was a great friend to many people and, and was best man when my wife Mildred and I were married 22 years ago. He was truly a force for good in our center and in the world. Getting in a rhythm, stroking balls over the net, he suddenly stumbled and fell. The, the doctors said his heart attack was so profound that he was probably gone before he hit the ground. Without warning, a huge hole was left in our spiritual community and in our hearts, and we were left to mourn and to wonder. Sometime later, a letter arrived at the center informing us that Abe had left a gift in his will. Initially, we were quite surprised as there'd been no indication that it was coming, but as we thought about it, we realized this is exactly the kind of forethought and consideration that Abe put into so many aspects of his life. The bequest arrived at a very opportune time for our center as there were expenses related to our former building that were really taxing the budget. His gift from a lifetime of work and caring was extremely welcome and got us through a tough time just as Abe himself had on so many occasions. In recognition, we named the boardroom for Abe and installed a photo and inscription so that future boards would be inspired and remember. Abe and I never talked about charitable giving or at least a charitable bequest. So I was left to wonder what his motivations were. Was it for the practical tax considerations, the, the kind of things we're gonna be discussing this afternoon? Or was it more personal, deeper, an expression of his spiritual nature and a natural extension of his place in our community. I have to assume it was both because Abe was both a practical and a spirit-led man. 
I learned later that there was quite a history of, of heart trouble in his family, which left me to wonder if he had seriously considered his mortality, rather his, his immortality, and saw a gift by will as a gift by, for, and, and from that eternal nature, a gift that will survive him, speak so eloquently about what was important to him and what he wants to continue to support after his passing. For that is what a charitable bequest is. It's a powerful declaration to yourself and your world what you believe. It's your testament, if you will, of what you want your life to be, to mean, and to be remembered for after you are no longer here to speak for yourself. And so this morning, the question I would like to ask is, what does this teaching mean to you? How has it been transformational in your spiritual development and in your experience of life? In what ways have you been enriched by what you have come to know about spirit and your relation to it as you've sat here on Sunday mornings? What's your dream for your center? And for this teaching, would you like to see more ministers well-trained? Or would you simply like to ensure that this center is well-funded and financially secure? Would you like to secure your center's programming for children, practitioners, other students? Or would you like to participate in taking this teaching beyond the walls of the center and be expressed in, in a greater direct service to our community like we heard about this morning in your service to the mustard seed? Have you ever taken the time to consider what it is that would be most meaningful to you eternally as a remembrance of your life well lived or even to consider that you could do so? You see, a gift in your will is much different than your weekly donation uh, or even get different than a large gift you might make during your lifetime in that lifetime gifts tend to ensure your charity's urgent and current needs are met, whereas a gift from your estate will be received at some future point, so by definition is not for current needs. What they do is serve a broader and long-term mission and vision, a mission and vision that ideally you share with your charitable cause. Dr. Holmes tells us that life is an eternal givingness, the offering of the cosmic self to the joy of its own fulfillment. We are a part of this joy and we find fulfillment only as this joy passes through us to others. Everything moves in circles, he says. We short circuit our own good when we refuse to pass it on. So my question today is, what is your good? What is your personal vision and mission? And to what extent do you see your center as the means by which your vision is made real? This is a powerful conversation and, and one I encourage people to have around the dinner table with their families. It can be an extremely powerful time. If your personal vision is in alignment with, with the vision of CSL, then I would like to ask if you would like to do something very tangible and very intentional to act on that vision, and in so doing, further the mission of your center. 
Now, you're probably thinking that I'm already doing everything I can financially for my center, and for that, I sincerely thank you. you know, it's a fact that, that you really do need to take care of your own needs first. And, and of course, you need to take care of, of your family and, and your heirs. But what we're considering this morning is a gift from your estate, not from income. And therefore, it really won't affect your, your financial well-being at all. So after ensuring your own well-being and that of your family, I would like to ask that you consider the charities important to you and specifically your spiritual home. I know it can seem daunting at first, but once you realize that whether you make a gift for which you receive back a significant tax credit or not make a gift and give a significant portion of, of, your, of your funds to the government in taxes, the after-tax difference to your heirs is actually quite minimal if you plan well. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to speak with many people who have decided to take this step. I, I recall one man from Saskatoon who was quite severely disabled as a result of an accident. Uh, he was living on a disability income, as he had really no income to speak of at all, but he did own his home. He was facing brain surgery and his doctors had told him that it was time to put his affairs in order. And so he decided that the most important thing he could do with that news was to make a decision to support his charities, the charities that had supported him and made his life so much better. And so through his will, he chose to donate the, his, his home to those charities. And in so doing, created the promise of profound impact on the lives of other disabled people who would be the beneficiaries of this amazing gift. Another couple that I had the, the real honor of working with had done extremely well financially. They were both in accounting in Calgary and would likely have a seven-figure estate. They had planned to donate $25,000 to the charity that I was working with in their will and then leave the remainder to their nieces and nephews. Very admirable, of course, but was there a strategy that could better achieve their desires to support their extended family and their charities. I demonstrated to them how by increasing their charitable gift, they would be creating tax credits that would result in their extended family still getting a significant bequest, but with their charities also benefiting uh, in, in large measure. And so they chose to leave the bulk of their estate to charity, leaving the tax credits to their nieces and nephews. Again, amazing generosity and all facilitated by a plan. A woman from Sherwood Park, who I worked with and, and loved dearly, uh, had lost both her husband and her son in, in accidents, unimaginable tragedies. In their honor, she created an endowment to fund a student bursary in their names so that young people forever after who were coming up in the trade that both father and son had enjoyed so much, you could have an opportunity to, to move forward into a productive life. Again, just an, an amazing expression of love. Every gift is different because every donor is different. So how would you like to be remembered? 
What exclamation point would you like to bring to your life? And will you do it? And if you are inspired to take this conversation a little further, I do invite you to join us this afternoon you know, for some of the more practical information. So imagine, imagine a world that works for everyone, where every need is taken care of. Imagine everyone being honored for who they are without discrimination or recrimination. Imagine being recognized for participating in the transformation of your own community and the evolution of our world. Imagine your dream realized. Today, I am imagining this center and its members having a higher vision through giving from your eternal nature. And in that, creating a more powerful experience of community and a more joyful and enthusiastic expression of spirit than you have ever experienced before. And in that, all I ask is that you give. Give your personal mission a fuller expression. Give your spiritual home a stronger assurance. Give yourself a chance to reach beyond your grasp and grasp the hand of the divine and be one with the greatest giver of all, the eternal spirit within. That spirit in me clearly sees that spirit in you. Namaste.